I invite you now to please take God's word and turn with me to our scripture reading this morning, which can be found in the book of John, where I'll be reading John chapter 13, verses 12 through 17. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the word of the Lord. Influence matters. Examples are important. Most people tend to follow what we see. We see other things and we use them as examples for us, especially uh, when it is somebody that we see that we're influenced by, somebody that we tend to look up to. Let me, let me give you a, a, a couple of recent terrible examples. Has anyone ever heard of the Tide Pod Challenge? Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So some famous person on social media said, hey, watch this, and they ate a Tide Pod, or at least it looked like they ate a Tide Pod, and they said, you guys should do the same thing too. And People all over the world started eating Tide Pods, the little laundry detergent thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those little... People started eating them. Well, guess what happened? People got really, really sick. In fact, there were several young people and adults, by the way, who died from trying to eat, uh, take the Tide Pod challenge. Um, there's another one you may not be familiar with, this next one, uh, the Teeth Filing Challenge. You have anything with your teeth you don't like? Just grab a nail file and start grinding your teeth down. What? Nisa's cringing, I can tell. Um, People are really doing this. Oh, I've got this imperfection on my tooth. Just grab a file and file it down. What's the result? Many, many people have suffered permanent damage to their teeth, killed their teeth, in fact where now they have a dead tooth as a result of trying to to do the the nail file challenge. Okay, this next one uh, is, some people called it the COVID challenge, and it was to go to popular places in in public areas and lick things. I, I gave you the most sanitary, safest picture that, believe me, it gets much, much worse. That, you would think that's terrible. That's nothing compared to what people did with this challenge. And guess what? Lots of people got COVID over this stuff. Lots of people got weird kinds of illnesses and diseases from, you know, licking people's shoes and things. Like, really foolish, really foolish things uh, happened as a result of the COVID challenge, if you want to call it that. So there are these people on, in, in the world on social media, and they're called influencers. And I don't know, some of you know what that is, some of you don't, and that's okay. You're probably better off if you don't, in my opinion. Um, 
I'll spare you the list, but the top 10 social influencers in the world, are most of them are people you've never heard of before, but their job is just to say, oh, this is cool. And, and every time they say something's cool, they can make up to a million dollars. There are some of these guys that do one, like one a week, and they're making a million dollars per thing that they say, oh, I, Diet Coke, I've never had it before. Oh, that's really awesome. And Diet Coke pays them a million dollars because they're an influencer uh, to do that. Um, and so now I know what you're thinking. Oh, those silly kids, right? They're so impressionable. Uh, they're so easily manipulated. Uh, crazy. But not so fast. The most famous uh, social influencers are adults. Why? Because adults are impressionable and follow examples too. Some of these millionaires are making money by doing, you know, beauty products. Use this eyeliner, this eyelash something. And, uh, or the, you know, this scarf or this hat or these shoes. These are great. I love them. And the next thing you know, they're sold out. And people are paying them millions of dollars just to say they like something. It's, it's fascinating. It's a fascinating thing that's happening right now. And so now I know what some of you are thinking. Well, it's so good I'm not on social media because I'm not influenced like that. I'm an independent person. Not so fast. Because I hate to say it, but we all are influenced by people. We all follow examples. Do you know what the two most watched NFL games of the year are? You're already laughing because you know. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you another hint. What are the two most watched NFL games this year? One were, they were both where somebody wasn't even playing. You guys know who that is, right? Who is that? Taylor Swift. Right, there's other celebrities in that picture. But Taylor Swift, just her attending a game has made them the two most watched NFL games, not, uh, not just this year, but uh, like almost as much as like Super Bowls and stuff. Because we're influenced by this kind of stuff. Influential people, examples matter to us. Now I know what you're thinking. That was just teenage girls that turned, tuned in to watch Taylor Swift. It didn't influence me. Wrong. The highest category of people who were influenced by her being there to watch the game? Women over 50. That's the most increased category of watching these NFL games were women over 50. I don't know why. They just are. When people found out that she was going to be at the game, guess what happened to the ticket prices of those games? They more than doubled. You're willing to pay more to go to a football game to see an ant up in a luxury box. What? Are you kidding me? This is crazy. But it's, that's not just it. Not just it. They call it the Swift effect now in marketing. Guess who has the number one selling jersey in the NFL today? <laughs> that guy. Why? Because of her. His jersey has increased 400%. So grown men are buying this jersey because she's, he's dating somebody. I, I, this is just fascinating, right? This should blow all of our minds of what's happening. But that's not it. That's not all. Okay, on, on that, that game against the Jets, she wore these shorts to the game. 
it looks like a bad job of bedazzling. You guys remember the bedazzlers? It's just a plain old pair of denim shorts with some bedazzling on it. Guess how much those shorts cost? Does anybody know? Well, they, when they went on sale, they went for $700. They originally listed for $1,200. Why? Because Taylor wears them. Why else would you pay $1,200 for a pair of denim shorts that you could buy at Walmart? But, but, here's what's amazing. Coincidentally, on Sunday night, those jean shorts went on sale for $700. It's almost like, what an, what an amazing coincidence. Almost like it was planned or something. Went on sale for $700. Guess what? They sold out. You can't find a pair. In minutes. In minutes of her wearing those shorts, they're now gone. People were willing to pay $700, $1,200, because she wore them. So advisors, are, I mean, uh, marketing and advertisers knew this was coming, by the way. I think this is a big conspiracy by the NFL and some other companies. Just if you want my opinion, they've taken advantage of it. Because isn't it amazing how many commercials you've seen with Travis Kelsey in them lately? Have you noticed that? You're like, well, gosh, he's like on every other commercial on TV. It's almost like they had planned this. Two of the biggest ones have been Campbell's Soup. And you probably noticed Pfizer, right? Pfizer. Yeah, exactly. No. Um. <laughs> do, you know what is, do you know what's happened with the Pfizer shot since he's been on TV? Percentages are incredible. Even if you were going to get a shot, if you were going to get Moderna before, you're not going to get Moderna anymore. You want a Pfizer shot because Travis Kelsey got a shot. It's more than doubled in terms of, of the frequency. People are willing to get a shot because he did too, right? Influence matters. Examples matter. Campbell's Soup is, is experiencing an incredible uh, increase in sales in their soup cans because he's dating Taylor Swift apparently. I want to eat his soup. I don't know. <laughs> it's very strange. CBS News recently reported that 86% of young people, want their number one career aspiration, their number one goal, guess what it is? Professional athlete? Mm-mm. What is it? They want to be an influencer. 86% of, young, 86% of young people want to be an influencer, a social media influencer. That's their job. They want to make YouTube videos. They want to make TikTok videos. They, they want to be an influencer. Why? Because that's the people they've looked up to, who they see in their lives, who've become now the example for them. But here's, here's the truth. We all want to be like somebody. Maybe it's a professional athlete. Maybe it's Taylor Swift for some reason. Maybe it's a person who is famous for what they do on the internet. This morning, Paul is going to argue uh, th- that we need to set our sights on something better than that as, as far as a model, as far as an example. People who are worthy of such an allegiance. Who are we supposed to be like? That's our question for this morning. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our time. Thank you um, for all that you do for us. God, would you uh, speak to us? Would you help us now in Jesus' name? Amen. So let's uh, read together. We're going to be in 
Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 19 through 30. Let's read that together. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So we've been looking for the last several weeks in the book of Philippians. Um, And and so today we're going to get to finish chapter 2. We've learned that Paul is writing from prison to his favorite church. Uh, He knows that they are going through persecution just like he is. Remember, he's in prison in Rome, but he wants to tell his friends at his favorite church, hey, don't give up. He has told them that because of Christ's salvation, because of the gospel that's already been given to them, that they have nothing to fear. And he says, I want you to continue working to make sure that others hear about Jesus um, through through their own lives. You keep working, you keep living, sharing the gospel You have nothing to fear. Help others hear about this Jesus. And in the last few weeks, we have been uh, seeing Paul's description of Jesus and and how it is the basis for everything in the book. Um, You know, if you were going to make a Venn diagram, chapter 2, 5 through 11 is the big circle, Jesus, and then everything else in the book of Philippians falls out of that as seeing how he was the example we should be like this. He was like this. We should be like this. That's really all that Philippians is, is just working out these examples and getting better ideas of what Jesus was like and how we should be. And so Jesus, he says, showed ultimate humility by being willing to become a man uh, and, and, and lay down his life for others. And so if he did that, we should be willing to do that as well. We are called to humility and selflessness taking care of others above ourselves. And so, so Paul has used Jesus as the ultimate example. He's used himself as an example in, in chapter 1. Look at how I'm going through this stuff. Be encouraged in the same way. And this morning we're going to get two more examples of what it looks like to be like Jesus. And so the first example we see is a guy named Timothy. And he's a person you might be more familiar with of the two. Uh, we see him first in Acts chapter 16, verse 1. He's in the town of Lystra. And, and we learn that his mother and his grandmother were both Jews. 
uh, and, and somehow they heard the gospel. We think probably from Paul's first missionary journey, it, it got there, and they became Christians, um, and, and then they taught it to Timothy. And so um, Paul shows up, he gets to meet them, and, and he meets Timothy, and he's really impressed with this young man. And, and he shows a lot of, of, the, of the character that Paul is looking for in a disciple of Jesus. And he says, look, I want you to come with me. Why don't you, why don't you come with me on my journeys and, 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 and I'll show you what I do and, and you can help me uh, share Christ with the world. And so, and so from that point on of Acts chapter 16 on, Timothy is Paul's right-hand man. Where, where Paul goes, Timothy goes, or else Paul's going to send Timothy on a special mission. Hey, I'm going to, you stay here, I'm going to go there, or I'm going to send you there to help with an issue that's going on. Timothy is the guy. If Paul needs something to get done, somebody he can trust, it's going to be Timothy. And and we know that Paul pours his life into this young man. um, And he's going to pass on all that he's learned, pass on all he's experienced, uh, and and, and teaches him about the gospel and how to share the gospel and and what it looks like to to, to, to be in service for Jesus. And Timothy dedicates his life to learning under Paul. And, and so as a result, he grows deep in the faith. And he gives all of his time and his energy to evangelism and, and to teaching people. And he becomes this invaluable, invaluable colleague of Paul's. We see it in Philippians uh, 2.20. Paul says, I have no one else like Timothy. What a, what a compliment for that young man. I have no one else like Timothy. The other man mentioned in this passage is a guy named Epaphroditus. And if, unfortunately, we don't know that much about him. This is the only reference that we have of this, of this man. Um, we know that he was a delegate of the church of Philippi. Uh, at, at some point before this letter was written, the church at Philippi sends Epaphroditus with money to go to see Paul to help him because he was in prison, but he needed money to take care of his own things. That's how prison worked back then. You, didn't, you, you had to support yourself. And so the, the church at Philippi said, we, we can help Paul, Epaphroditus, go take this money. Go take this money up there and, and, and send him our love and encouragement and all that stuff. And so that's why he goes and he stays for a while and, and gets to, you know, he maybe already knew Paul, but they, they get to spend time together. And, and, and Paul will call him a brother, doesn't he? He calls him a brother. Calls him a fellow worker, calls him a fellow soldier. That's quite a compliment uh, of somebody from Paul. And he says, look, if that guy had died, it would have brought me sorrow upon sorrow. We, we know that once he arrives in, in Rome, he devotes himself to the ministry that Paul is, is, is at. And so he's going to stay there. He's going to become an assistant, in, if you will, in, in his missionary work. We, we know that because of how hard he worked for the gospel, he had become sick. And Paul says that he almost dies. He nearly died, he says. We know that he recovers, and that as he recovers, Paul says, look, I've got to send you back to Philippi because they're worried about you. They're going to hear uh, about you. They're going to want to see you. We need to get you back there, and you can be a help at the, at the church at Philippi as well. We think he probably is also the person that delivers this letter. He's probably the person that brought the, the book of Philippians that we have and took it to that church. That's probably how they have it. So, so why are these two guys examples? Why, why does Paul set them up and say, hey, follow these guys, be like them? 
So I just, I'm going to start with, with Timothy, uh, looking at, again at verses 19 through 22. He says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be, be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. So I just want to mention a few things about Timothy that Paul says, hey, these are praiseworthy, these are noteworthy, these are worthy of your uh, allegiance and devotion. You should, you should look like this. He says, as we saw, there's nobody like him and in, in concern for your welfare. I'm just going to call this compassion. So if you want to write down what is, what is it that Timothy has that, that Paul is excited about, he says it's, it's his compassion for others. Verse 21 says he's not seeking his own interests, but that of Christ. We'll call that selflessness. Selflessness. And, and if you remember, right, you say, that sounds familiar, this, this compassion for others and the selflessness. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's what Paul says we should be like for Christ. And so now he's going to say, here are some living examples. Because it would be easy for us to say, well, it's hard to be like Jesus. I can't just be like Jesus. But Paul says, look, watch this guy. He's doing it. He's living like Jesus. Look at the things that he's up to. And so that's what he's going to put forward for him, his compassion and his selflessness. Paul says, yeah, it can be done. You can follow Christ in your lives. Can I just tell you something that I find so fascinating about Timothy? He's such an inspiration uh, he's so interesting because um, there, there are multiple places throughout Scripture, and especially with Paul's letters, where we are told something about Timothy. And, and from what we know about Timothy, he struggles with fear and anxiety. He's called timid in, in, in a couple of different places. That, that's a, an interesting word. He, he is timid. Right? He's not this overbearing, super courageous guy. He's, he's timid. If you remember in, in the, uh, Paul's letter uh, written to Timothy, he's, he's, he tells him, hey, God didn't give you a spirit of fear or timidity, right? But what did he give him? He says, um, a, power of love, a spirit of power and love and self-control. Right? He's got to encourage Timothy, hey, don't be afraid. God hasn't given you that kind of spirit. He's given you a spirit of power. In 1 Corinthians 16, 10 through 11, Paul tells the Corinthian church, hey, see to it that that Timothy has nothing to fear. He sends that ahead of Timothy coming there. Hey, don't let him be afraid of anything. You guys make sure you do your part so that he doesn't have to be afraid of anything. Meaning, take care of this guy. Take care of him. Here's the cool thing that I think about when I think about Timothy. You know, timidity, fear, anxiety, that's, that's the hand that Timothy was dealt. And some of you could say, I, I can identify with that. It seems like I was just given this. These are just struggles I've had all my life. I worry too much. I have anxiety about things. I, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm kind of afraid. Uh, it seems to be the hand that Timothy was dealt. Yet, here we are. Here we are. Here we are at the end of Paul's life, and he says, there's my guy. I've got nobody like him. He's my right hand. He's my most trusted companion. 
the guy that struggles with fear all the time. Timothy is still here after all these years. Other people have left Paul. Other people have deserted him when things got hard. But here's Timothy. He never did. He's been there. We could say he has figured out how to live in the spirit of power. He's figured out how to live in a way that uses his wisdom and his compassion and his selflessness for the kingdom. He didn't look exactly like maybe he should look. If you were going to design a pastor, maybe Timothy wasn't the guy. But guess what? Through the spirit of power, Timothy has held in. He stayed put. And he's been used by God for the kingdom. This is a testament of what God can do in a person who is willing to walk like Jesus. Uh, to a person who is, is committed to share Christ with the world. I don't know how to do it. I don't have all the skills. But I'm willing, God. If you'll use me, you can use me in whatever my limitations are. That's Timothy. I love it. I love Timothy. Timothy has had a Paul in his life all these years kind of pulling him along saying, now let me help you, let me help you. Watch this. Let me be your example. And now here he is with the Philippian church and he says, hey, let Timothy be your example. That's how God changes and works in people. He has an example and now he's becoming an example. He's maturing. He's following Christ. He's a, a person who looks more and more like Jesus. Follow him. Use him as an example now. God will use the gifts he has in us. He will develop us. Maybe we don't look exactly like we think we should or what the world thinks we should. God will still use it if we're willing to follow Jesus. He will develop us and mature us and make us more and more like Jesus. We would say, by grace, Timothy has found power to push back against uh, his own limitations, his own timidity. Because fear is us caring a whole lot about ourselves. And, and now he's called selfless. And so that means that Timothy has learned how to put his own fears aside and care more about others' problems. He's, he's learning how to deal with fear because you can't care about somebody else more than yourself if you're consumed in your own stuff. And that's what Timothy has learned by the grace of Jesus. I may be afraid, but I can put that off. I care more about these other people than my own fears. That's real courage. Figuring out how to deal with your fear. And, and so just one more last note here, I think, on Timothy that I love. In verse 22, he says, He served like a son with me. With me. Not for me. Not, a, not for me. But with Paul. And, and so I just love that the gospel doesn't have power plays. And so that's just a reminder. You know, sometimes I hear people say, oh, I go to John Piper's church, or I go to Tim Keller's church, or I go to... Don't ever, ever, ever say you go to Nick's church. One, that'd be foolish. But two, that's just crazy, okay? <laughs> you go to the Christ's church at Kishwaukee. That's where you go. And we serve together. We serve together. We serve with one another and if you see me acting different than that, I give you permission to knock me down and smack me in the face and say, stop it. This is not yours. The gospel is not about power plays. Paul, Paul and Timothy work with each other. I love it. Okay, quickly, Epaphroditus. Let's just look at verses 25 through 30. 
He says, I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. Remember, he's the one that brought the gift up. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death, but God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am, more, I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. That's not a dig on the Philippians, it's just a, you guys were out of town and he was able to come and see me in person. That's all that meant. Okay, so what is it that Paul is saying about Epaphroditus? And he says, look, that should be your example. Use him as an example. Uh, quickly, I'll just say, he, he looks like Jesus in the form of a suffering servant. Okay, so Epaphroditus looks like what Jesus was, the suffering servant. He was willing to travel all the way to Rome, which was not a short journey for him, for the sake of Paul, for the sake of the gospel, it says. And he was persecuted for it. He also got very sick. He almost died. So I love it that here is Paul writing. Paul, the guy who got beat up and arrested and persecuted more than any other Christian, you might say. He suffered all kinds of persecution, and he says, look, this guy suffered for Jesus. This guy was persecuted and suffered for the sake of Christ. Honor him. The illness, he says, that Epaphroditus suffered was for the work of Christ. His illness was for the work of Christ. He suffered for Jesus. It may have looked different than Paul's suffering, but Paul says it's the same. It's the same. And I don't know how you have suffered for the work of Christ. But believe me, Christ considers it worthy of honor, just like Paul says of Epaphroditus. His suffering in his illness is worthy of honor because he suffered for Jesus by being sick. So I don't know what yours looks like. You may never have served in prison for Christ, but maybe you gave up money that you would have liked to have kept. Maybe you could have had a really nice boat with all the money that you have given to help missionaries, to support other people in in their work of the gospel. That's suffering for Christ. That's an act of selflessness that we just talked about. Caring about God's kingdom more than yourself. That's worthy of honor. Maybe you gave up a Saturday to help youth do a fundraiser so that they could go to camp and learn more about Jesus. Guess what? That's suffering for the sake of Christ. That is doing the work of the gospel. Maybe you've uh, helped volunteer on a Sunday evening when you'd like to be watching football. Maybe you've come and you've helped elementary kids do a lesson, learn more about Jesus. That is suffering for the sake of the gospel. It doesn't sound as severe, but guess what? It is. It is suffering and working, being a partner in the gospel with Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus. Maybe you've cooked a meal for a sick neighbor. Maybe you're praying for some friends of yours who are going through a hard time. These are gospel activities. They are the work of Christ. And and, and I would just say they might look small, but they matter to God. Paul says that they matter here. They look like Jesus. 
That's big stuff. And, and, and so, so a life of a little, lot of little things like that make up a big difference to God. Make a big difference for the kingdom. They include selflessness and suffering just like Jesus did. And just like Paul and Timothy and Epaphroditus. Isn't that cool? I love that. It's an encouragement for what we do. It matters. It matters for the kingdom. The struggles you go through, they matter. And God sees them. He says they're worthy of honor. And just two, two last thoughts here and we'll be done. Examples matter. Are you being an example for others to know Jesus? How? How are you being an example for others to know Jesus? I would tell you, live intentionally so that people can know more about Christ because of your life. The way you live, the way you work, the way you help other people, your joy, your kindness, your selflessness. That helps other people know Jesus. So be willing to think about others around you. Be selfless enough to think, how are other people seeing me? How can I live and show people Jesus? And the second thought is this. Who are your examples? Are you trying to live like the examples the world gives? I, I look at this room and I think there are a whole lot of people in this room who look a whole lot like Jesus. And I love that. And I would just tell you, if you need an example in your life, look around this room. Find people who give you glimpses of Jesus. Well, they're not going to be perfect, but they'll give you glimpses of Jesus. Who's walked in your shoes? Who can give you hope for keeping on and carrying on? You know, I was thinking about it yesterday in the men's breakfast. I look around and I see a whole lot of guys with a whole lot of life lived, have a whole lot of stories and a whole lot of wisdom. People who have been disciples of Jesus, who look like Christ as they've been a husband and a father and a grandparent, as they've been an employee, as they've been an employer. How have they managed to look like Christ through all of that? I need to learn from those examples. We all need examples in our life. You need a Paul in this world to look to. But you also need a Timothy. You need to be an example for somebody, and you need to be finding another example too. That's how it works. Examples matter. Jesus is the ultimate example. Let's look like others who look like Christ. Let's pray. And I thank you that we have so many pictures in Scripture of like you washing your disciples' feet. You had every right to demand that of them, yet you set the example to be a servant. To be last in this world, because that's what your kingdom looks like. God, help us to see examples like that. Help us to see others around us who are following Christ. Let us be inspired by them. Let us try to follow those examples. Let us be inspired to be an example for others around us as well. God, we can't do that on our own. Only through your Holy Spirit can we live like this. If you can take broken people, fallen people, imperfect people like Paul and like Timothy, if you can use their fear and anxiety and, and self-doubting and and you can use that to share Christ. God, would you do the same through us? We love you and we thank you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.